titled Waiting for Daylight. And through this pandemic season, we've been making our way through Psalm 23. And we come to verse 5. But let me start reading the psalm from the top, and then we'll stop at the line that we're going to be looking at today. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the path, the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. So today we're going to be talking about that final line there. My cup overflows with blessing. In Psalm 23, David describes a meal that God has prepared for him. But then he talks about the cup. But Because with every great meal, there has to be a cup. There has to be a drink, right? In every culture, every culture has its raising the cup tradition. The English, of course, say cheers. The French say a vol santé. The French say that. In, in Kenya, they say jambo. In Israel, we know the Jewish people say mazel tov. In uh, Mexico, they say salute. And in Spain, wait for this, hang on, they say chin chin. And I'm not making that up. That's what they say. In every culture, they say that because the cup represents something great. It either means good life, good health. For the Hebrew people, when they lifted the cup, when David says, he fills my cup, It's always a cup of blessing. To share a cup is to share a blessing. So when David says, God prepares a table before me, God has prepared a meal, but then he shares a cup. David is saying, God is sharing blessings with me. And some of your translations read, he's sharing overflowing blessings. I think, like I said, to share a cup, it's either to share a blessing. When you don't share a cup, It's like a curse instead of a blessing, isn't it? I know that because when I was a kid, that's how I felt once. When when we lived deep in the Liberian jungle, most of you who know me know that's where, where I spent a lot of my life. Every Sunday, we would walk to remote villages for my father to preach. And sometimes we'd be walking for hours. Well, one Sunday, we'd been walking for hours, and I'm having to wear my Sunday best, so it's polyester pants and some kind of polyester shirt, and it's hot in the tropics. It's hot in the jungle. And then we come upon this clearing, and here's a manicured lawn with a really nice little house and two American people sitting out front sipping some lemonade. So my parents stop, go over and say hi, and I'm like, yes, jackpot, because I knew even deep in the bush, every missionary had a small fridge in their house that ran on kerosene and they would always have a Coca-Cola. So I was waiting for the invite in to share a Coke. But after a few minutes of pleasantries, my dad said, time to go. And we kept walking. And, and so I'm on his heels. I say, hey, 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 how come the American people didn't have us in for some Coke or at least some ice cold water? And he was ignoring me at first. And finally he said, Palmer, because they're the kind of Christians that only share a drink with Christians from their denomination. And I was like, what? I've never loved denominations so much after that at all. And I was glad I wasn't part of that kind of church. Who needs that? I was salty 
about as salty as Jesus was, I think, when he said this, when he said, I was thirsty. This is Matthew 25, and you gave me nothing to drink. When you share a cup, you share a blessing. That's why David calls this the blessing cup. In John chapter 4, we read about Jesus sharing a cup. You know the story well. He comes up to a well. He's thirsty. He asks the woman for a drink. And she's a bit surprised that this Jewish rabbi is asking her for a drink, but she shares a drink. And then he says this, and this surprises her every, even more. He says, he says, you should be asking me to fill your cup, to give you a drink. And that's the kind, and he says the kind of, by the way, this is passion tea from Grove Coffee. You need some. And he says, you should be asking me for a drink. That, that's what, that was his invitation, and she couldn't believe it. He was offering to share a cup of blessing with her. She says, but I'm a Samaritan. I'm a foreigner. I don't speak your language. And, and, and Jesus, as he offers her this cup of blessing, this cup of life, he settles once and for all the question, who is God for? God is for everyone. God is for all people of every nationality, of every ethnicity, of every race. And so, so should we. Initially, the woman tries to say no. She says, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. But Jesus says, no, this cup is a cup of everlasting life. So my encouragement to you is to share this cup, this cup of overflowing blessing that David writes about, share it with everyone and anyone. I learned a lesson when I was young, just married in my early 20s. Veronica and I had moved back to Liberia, didn't have kids yet, and I was teaching at African Bible College. And we shared a duplex with the Clark family. We were on one side, the Clarks, Bill and Pat Clark, godly people who had been missionaries for decades in Africa. And almost every afternoon, we had vendors, women who were vendors, come from neighboring Guinea. They would walk maybe an hour to come to sell us fruit. And every afternoon, you would hear the same chant from outside our front door. They would knock and then say, oranges, grapefruit, papa, banana, you know, do you need any of it? And, yeah, and I would come out and say, hey, we just bought from you yesterday. Give me a few days to eat the fruit I already bought. And I was generally annoyed with the vendor, the women vendors from Guinea, especially after my dog got this big swollen eye. I came out and I accused him. I said, one of you threw a rock at him. Somebody stuck a, a stick in his eye. They said, no, we didn't do it. They pro- find, I found out later a cobra, uh, spitting cobra spit him in the eye is what happened. Anyway, I was kind of generally annoyed with the vendors, even though we bought all of our fruit from them. One afternoon, I'm coming back from teaching my classes, and I see the vendor women from Guinea sitting on the back porch of the Clark's side of the duplex. And with the Clark's, they're all sharing ice-cold lemonade. And it was really the first time that I saw them. I saw how hot and sweaty they were from walking in the sun. They're all holding their babies. Their babies are usually tied on their backs. And, and they're having a drink with the Clarks. And it hit me for the first time I saw them. Because the Clarks gave them more than a cold glass of lemonade. 
The Clarks gave them the love of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? Because the Christ, I mean, the Clarks saw them. The Clarks, when you share a drink, you say, I see you. You matter. You are important. And they're having them on their back porch like you would have your closest friends come around. I don't know if you've read Greg Mortensen's Three Cups of Tea. If you haven't, you need to read it. But he writes about the Balti people in, in Pakistan. And he writes about how tea is so important to their life and culture and relationships. And the Balti people have a saying. The Balti people say the first time that the, a Balti invites you into their home for a cup of tea, you're a stranger. The second cup of tea, the second time they invite you in for a cup of tea, you are an honored guest. But the third time they invite you in for a cup of tea, then you are family. And that's what the Clarks have done. That's what Christ invites us to do. That's what David says, if you are holding on to a cup of blessing, then the Hebrew people knew they were blessed in order to be a blessing to others. I want to pause here and ask you a question, though. Maybe your cup is not full. Maybe your cup has been empty. Maybe your cup is bone dry. Maybe you've been pouring out so much into the lives of other people that you are thirsty, that you feel like you've been walking through the African jungle and you're desperate for a drink. If that's the case, then David reminds us, doesn't he, that God is the one who fills our cups with overflowing blessing. So I want to invite you to a prayer today. It's a very short prayer. And if you're sitting at home, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. And it's David's words. God, fill my cup with overflowing blessing. And maybe you felt uncomfortable praying that, but it's okay God, fill my cup with overflowing blessing. That's the promise in Scripture. Is that not just does he give us this cup of life that, that Jesus talks about, but it's a cup of blessing. And then we, in turn, are, are invited to share it with others. And so I wonder, how full is your cup? And if your cup is filled to the brim like this one, then my question is, are you sharing it with others? If God is blessing you with overflowing blessing, then it's time to, sh- to begin to share that. I learned a lesson when I was a kid going to church with my parents because as Presbyterians, when communion was served, we were given a little tiny cup, like a miniature shot glass made out of plastic, right? Filled with welches. And one Sunday, I'm sitting there holding my cup, waiting for the pastor to say, drink it. And it's like, the pastor was taking forever, and I'm squeezing it tighter and tighter. And I thought, you know, how strong are these cups made? And I squeeze, and then all of a sudden, the thing blew up, and grape, red grape juice went everywhere on my family sitting around me. And I get my neck squeezed by my dad, and my mom's giving me the stink eye, and she's like... She hisses under her breath. Why did you do that? I was like, I don't know. I want to see what would happen. I didn't have a good reason. I was in junior high. My point is, sometimes we hold on to our cups too tightly. Sometimes God fills our cups with overflowing blessing. And we hold on to it too tightly. And when you end up holding, when you hold on to it too tightly, you end up wasting all of it, don't you? 
God overflows our cups in order for us to in turn be a blessing to others and pour out blessing onto others. So don't waste it. Pass this cup around. Share that cup. There's an interesting story in 1 Kings chapter 17. We have this great prophet Elijah. It's, it's a drought time and he's walking through the desert and he comes on a village and he sees a woman outside the village with her son collecting sticks for fires. And so he says to her, he says, could you please get me a cup of water? So the woman leaves him at the, at the town gate. She goes and she finds him a cup of water and she comes back and she shares a cup of water with him. And then he says this, he says, now because you have shared your cup of blessing with me, I will share a blessing with you. So after he takes a drink, he says to her, when you go back into your house, your flour and your oil, this is, this is 1 Samuel 17. He says, it will never run out until this drought is over. I think all of us can learn from that. That if God blesses us, then it's time to bless those around us. Our metaphor today is a cup, right? And the cup is really a picture of our soul. And it's a picture that when God fills it with life, it's a, it, it's a cup that stays full forever. But it's also a picture of our soul, of, of how we feel every day in the condition, the state of our soul. I want you to think about this with me. That even the most minor interactions that we have with people every day, it affects our soul and it affects their souls. You see, we all carry this invisible cup and it's a cup, not just of our soul, but it's filled with the emotions of life. And sometimes we walk around for months or weeks or even years with an empty cup because no one is filling that cup. When when we are neglected, when, we, when people say hurtful things to us and about us, it drains our cup and we live with dry cups. But when people show us love, when you show someone else love, you fill their cup to the brim, to the rim, and you fill it with blessing. I think we are at our best, aren't we, when the cup is full. We're at our best when our cup is empty. I say all that to remind you that you are either a cup filler or a cup drainer. I think this world is filled with people who either fill our cups or they empty our cups. And, and I want to remind you that even the most brief conversations either fill someone's cup or they empty their cup. The person from DoorDash who leaves your order, do you fill their cup with words of encouragement or do you just take your, your food and run inside with it? Like I said, I think the the cup is, I mean, the world is filled with some people who it seems like all they do is drain our cups. They say negative things about everything. They constantly complain and criticize you and they empty your cup out. Maybe you have been doing that to someone. Maybe it's time to become a cup filler. Maybe you've noticed that in an office environment, there are people who fill cups and there are people who empty cups. They say that one overly negative person in an office can spread poison like a virus throughout an entire office and make the whole office negative. Experts are now saying it would be better that when this pandemic is over, that some people just stayed home and didn't come back to the office. Because studies have shown 
that some people are so negative. They're, they're so good at emptying and draining or so bad at emptying and draining cups that every customer they interact with, you will lose permanently. It might be good if those people just stayed home after the pandemic. But then there are cup fillers, aren't they? People who fill your cup with words of encouragement, with words of love. I want to encourage you today to be that kind of person who is filling the people around you, filling their lives with words of encouragement and love. When I go to Dutch Bros, I go there to get my coffee cup filled, right? But they usually end up filling my soul because employees, and they're trained this way, but they all have phenomenal attitudes. They're, they, 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 it seems like every time you go there, they fill your cup with words of encouragement. They ask you how your day is going. They say things like, hey, love your swag today. All kinds of things like that. And when you leave with your full cup of coffee, your soul and your spirit is filled. I think all of God's people can learn from that. I think all of us need to commit to doing better at being cup fillers, not cup drainers. Because like I said, everyone carries around a cup. And with our words, we either fill their cup or we drain it. Here's the kicker about filling cups and draining cups is what you do for others. It also happens to you as you, for example, fill the cup. I'm going to make a mess here. Fill the cup of someone else. At the same time, it fills yours right back up. If you drain the cup of someone else, I'm going to pour it in here. It drains yours as well. And you end up with the empty cup. So before we go today, before we leave, I want to ask you who in your life do you need to be that cup filler to? David says these great words. He says, God is a cup filler. He says, God has filled my cup with overflowing blessing. And if that is your life, then start to fill the cups of others around you. Maybe it's a husband or a wife. Do you know that, that one of the, the primary reasons that marriages struggle is that a husband or a wife goes for months, weeks, months, even years with no one filling their cup. And marriages struggle and suffer and sometimes end because of that. So, so fill your spouse's cup with words of blessing. Fill your kids' cups with words of blessing. Maybe they're wearing you out, but inside every kid is a container waiting to be filled, a cup waiting to be blessed, waiting to be filled to overflowing. Be the person who does that. May God, during this pandemic season, fill your cup with overflowing blessing. Maybe you have been running on empty, dry, feeling desperate, even afraid because of all that's going around us. I'm going to ask today, and I'm going to pray this for you, that right now, God, will you fill your people's hearts and souls and lives with your overflowing blessing? Keep pouring into them the way you filled David's cup. Will you fill your people's cup today? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's been good to be with you today.